Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soccer Crush. In case you didn't know, we have a book club and we announced that next book, A Woman's Game by Suzanne Reck. Pick it up. Head over to our Twitter page to sign up in the Google Doc if you haven't already. If you haven't, you're missing out. Come spend time with us while you're on Twitter. Make sure you're following us and also follow us on Instagram. We get thirst traps and book club information and just come and hang out with us and let's all be besties. And then tell all of your besties and then subscribe and rate our podcast five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. And then come hang out with us and all of our besties at the Xavier Women's Soccer Match on Friday, September 16th, six o'clock. It's only $5.00. Um, And if you bring any kind of period supply with you, um, you can hang out with us and get cool soccer crush goodies. We have ordered some new things uh, with our new logo. They have yet to be revealed. So don't you want to be one of the first people to have one? Exclusive. It is. And yeah, and watch some super awesome soccer. Yeah. And hang out with us. And hang out with us. And then... And then... I don't know. We can help people. Maybe, maybe we'll ask you rapid fires. Maybe Ooh. we will. Or you can mm-hmm. ask us one rapid fire. Yes. Ooh. You can ask yeah. us a rapid fire. Don't let it be that we have to say something nice about Harry Kane. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, I don't have anything no. else to say. Take it easy on us. Um, I don't have a rapid fire today, though, guys. I actually think that Trisha is the only one that does. <laughs> wow. I know. Sorry about your slacker no. co-host. Okay. I literally just put it in like 20 minutes ago because it's a good one. I, I peaked it I, when I was like getting ready. It's it's fine. Uh, what is one food you wish your stadium served? The tickle. What do you wish it had? Soft serve. Churros. Okay. What do you wish it had? I was going to say funnel cake, but I know Nipper did have it. So I don't know if tickle has it because I've only been there for one match. And it was- I don't think they do have funnel cake. Wait, and bring back funnel cake, bitches. Yeah. I, um, Nipper also had soft serve and they do, and I couldn't, we can't find it anywhere. They have UDF like in a freezer case and like cups. Nope, not That's the same. it. No, no it's not the same. Yeah. I want like a, a soft serve. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the Reds game, I want it in a helmet. Yes. Oh, one this year for real fees. Oh, ooh, nachos in a soccer ball. <gasps> yes. yes. <laughs> oh, and Hell you can get yeah. a banana split in like a shin guard looking thing. Uh, Not that Jack Greenlish would have one because calves. But that would be funny. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wow, we just solved all soccer's problems right there. We did. <laughs> what soccer ball do. nachos. It is what we do. Solve problems. Anybody have any exciting headlines from the world of soccer to share? Oh, yes. I have a very long one, if you couldn't tell. (laughs) Um, So this headline is ranking players farewell messages after their big transfer from ESPN. And on their list, they um, include... Um, Erling Holland, Raheem Sterling, Sadio Mane, and the spicy letter from the new Chelsea defender, Wesley Fofana. Um, and I'd like to quote this, this great headline article or this great article, this headlines from, let's be clear about one thing here. This is the worst farewell letter on the list. And it's also possibly my favorite farewell letter on the list because it's the only one that is openly hostile towards the uh, former club. <laughs> 
And he wrote, I choose not to communicate during this transfer window, despite all the criticism and all the false and misleading comments, even when they were coming from the club. Um, They talk about how petty it is. He thinks Lester's manager. And despite the fact that he also says that he has chosen to expose him. (laughs) Uh, And the guy writes, there's no sadness and half gratitude expressed here is done with so much sarcasm. Mostly it's just self-satisfaction or self-satisfaction. And honestly, it's hilarious. It is hilarious. Um, And I feel like farewell letters have gotten to be like a huge ordeal now. Like you need a little video and production to go along with it. So I wanted to ask you guys, have you ever come across a particularly awful fan farewell or no the only only thing i can think of is how frankie didn't say farewell and people will never forgive him that's really no never forget doesn't refer to 9-11 it refers to frankie (laughs) never forget oh man people will hate him for forever all you had to do was say thank you you little entitled jerk. Well, I just really enjoyed starting my career here. Even if you didn't, you just lie and be nice. It's PR. It's all a lie yes. anyway. Just yeah. like Harry Styles didn't spit on Chris Pine. But what if? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a movie is like a movie that you watch in a theater. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. Oh, well, my headline is a lot shorter, no pun intended, but Lucho oh, has been suspended. <laughs> I love him the wee little. Oh, I love him so much. Um, our beloved captain of FC Cincinnati ha- is suspended for the match. On Wednesday against NYCFC because he got a stupid yellow card that he didn't deserve because he's an angel. And so he'll be out and he'll miss another match right when we're pushing to try to make the playoffs. It's a conspiracy. I am into conspiracy theories now. Yeah, you are. MLS refs versus FC Cincinnati and Harry don't worry, darling. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry, and Harry's been on Chris. <laughs> Um, well, I had one where Lucho won Team of the Week honors, but then I also saw that yesterday, uh, Houston Dynamo coach Paolo Nagamora and staff have been fired after less than one full season. Ooh. And we feel your pain, although we all forget that Houston is a club. That is true. So I, I was just thinking, concerned. I thought it was Houston Dash. Like, <laughs> as you were saying that, I was like, aren't they doing well? But it's and then I realized Dynamo, it's it's the men. That's why yeah. we are not. Yeah. Yeah, because men are forgettable for the record. Uh, so they all got fired. Yeah, and not for racism. Not for a racismo. I think mm-hmm. just for being bad. Being bad. I mean, I don't know where they're at in the standings. I can look. I can look right here. Let me look at this little this little app that I have. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. While we do that, uh, my favorite match since we have last recorded. U.S. Women's National Team versus Nigeria. It was 4-0. Sophia Smith had a brace and Lindsay Horan and Alex Morgan, of course, scoring goals. Yeah. And U.S. Women's National Team. For the record, Houston is in last place in the Western Conference. They are in second to last place in the Supporter Shield. Well, they're not even winning the wooden spoon. They could they are three points above DC United. You guys, is Wayne Rooney going to get a wooden spoon? 
God, Ooh, I hope so. That is hilarious. <laughs> I think it's what he deserves. Wow. Well, uh, back to favorite matches. I Mine also has to be U.S. Women's National Team versus Nigeria. And I, usually I would say that it's the FCC win over whoever, but like that game was boring <laughs> on Saturday. It was not a great game. It actually was the greatest game because I don't know if you saw this with your eyes. It was raining and all the kits were wet. <laughs> It's a little harder to see from the stands okay. to like truly appreciate that than when you're watching the broadcast, I imagine. Well, when we talk tactics, that's that's top of my list for us to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rain playing in the rain, the tactical yeah. approach yeah. to that. Yeah, yes. there's some uh-huh. advantage there. There is. Uh-huh. <laughs> my favorite match was the Rowdies versus Las Vegas Lights. It was a 6-1 win for the Rowdies. They clinched a playoff spot and our dear dear friend Lucky Mkosana, it was his 100th match, and he had a stoppage time goal, which is literally what he does. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of fun all around, and also 6-1. That's exciting. It was very exciting. I mean, I fell asleep during it because I was sleepy. But I woke up and saw that it was 6-1 because it was 4-1 when I went to bed. And I was like, oh, yeah, we got this in the bag. And then we really had it in the bag. It was a good one. I the goal fast. Um, Truly. It was not raining in that match, but I will, uh, we should take a tactics break and I will tell you all the matches that it rained in this weekend. Great. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll be right back. We'll be right back. With a guest? Yeah. With a guest. We should do that. Maybe. I just taught everyone so much about tactics, you guys. (laughs) You don't even know. It was the best tactics break of all time. Uh, we would like to welcome Kate. The um, she you currently serve as the coach for the Cincinnati United Club program, correct? Yes. Okay, and you are a former semi pro level for the Florida Tropics, but it does look like you have a lot of organic familiarity with soccer organizations from playing, coaching, directing the entire operation. Yeah. What's that like? <laughs> Um, I mean, this is like, so this first year, well, I guess I've been on Xavier for a year now, which is crazy to think, um, that I've been like in a more director of ops. Um, so I wear a lot of hats. I feel like for the director of ops, um, you know, uh, this year I've kind of like, I'm more remote, uh, cause a lot of what I do can be done remotely in our offices and, and in terms of like people inhabiting it are just growing. So there's not a ton of space. So uh, I've started to work more remotely, but um, basically what that looks like is making sure the players have food in the locker room. Uh, I mean, as a former collegiate player, I mean, just women's water player in general, uh, we like to eat. So having plenty of chocolate milk, applesauce, goldfish, like little, little orange slices. Yes. Like little <laughs> of, uh, snacks for halftime uh, for after training, before training, uh, pregame. Uh, having little things like that in place. Basically what I do a lot of though is meet, well not meet, but email and reach out and keep in contact with the opposition, uh, whether it's the head coaches, assistant coaches, just to make sure that we're communicating what we're wearing for a particular game, confirming game times, confirming travel itinerary, confirming training slots, um, and then game exchange uh, for post game. So we all have little bits and pieces of our own footage instead of just what's televised. 
So um, a lot of a little bit of that. And then another big thing I do is we use this app called Soccer Pulse that our players have to log daily their soreness levels, sleep levels, energy levels, stress levels. And then I take that data, I text it to the rest of the coaching staff and like, hey, this person's kind of low in this area. Um, and, you know, they use that information as they see fit. Cause obviously we want, as, as we go through the season, we want to keep our players game ready. that's the whole purpose of the app. So making sure we're keeping them fresh. Um, and then I also keep, I have a, a database where I just log all those trends and every week send out a new log to all the, the rest of the coaching staff. So we can kind of look at the trends. Like if we had a game the day before, obviously these players are going to be pretty low in the energy, pretty low in the soreness, so it's kind of interesting to look at those types of trends because um, that was something I was always interested in as a player. Um, so now to be doing it for other players is pretty cool. Um, and it, like like I said, this is my first year like in a, a like director's director of ops uh, position. So coming from a coaching place where um, my last school where I graduated from when I had to stop playing, uh, I was like the student assistant. So this has been like a like I'm the whole reason why I came to Xavier um, was to get experience and just to learn from coaches, um, you know, just kind of be paid in experience. Um, and it's been rich in, in that sense. And, and it, it's an added bonus that you get to work with awesome people. Um, our staff is amazing. I, I haven't met one person that can say something bad about it, Xavier in general, uh, whether it's the athletic staff, academic staff, um, and our players are awesome too. So sounds like you landed in the right place. We're lucky to have you right here in Cincinnati and, um, you're with a fantastic program and it sounds like you are literally doing it all. You're like a single handed soccer lady organization on your own. (laughs) Somebody should give you a couple of assistants. (laughs) Um, Especially That's a lot to organize. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh. I'm like listening. And I'm like, and, and you just keep adding things. <laughs> I'd like to pay Kate more money. I think this really, you know, we would, we would cuss for that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so now that you're doing it all, where would you love to share your love to? Well, I'm going to say love, <laughs> um, love to share your soccer love story with us. How did it all start? Where did, where did soccer love start for you? Um, so it started back home in Florida. Um, my, so I have two older siblings, uh, who are 13 and 15 years older than me. So growing up, uh, my sister played softball at a competitive level. My brother played soccer at a competitive level and they both played in high school and all that as well. And, you know, both were standout athletes. Um, and so everyone thought, because I'm a lefty, so everyone's like, oh, Kate should really go into softball. My sister was trying to egg me on to do softball and then you know they're like well soccer players there's rarity of left left left-footed players out there as well so um everyone was trying to figure out what I was going to end up doing when I was old enough to play um and it just so happened that the year I was really allowed to start playing at like a rec level um my brother scored the game-winning goal in like the district championship game and um he picked me up after the game to do all these interviews he had to do on the field um, and there's, I, I don't know where the pictures are now, but, um, there's pictures all over the newspaper of that. Um, just me and his aren't being interviewed after he scored that game winner. And ultimately I chose soccer, obviously that's why I'm here, I guess. <laughs> um, and I was put on a team of all boys when I started playing just to kind of, you know, think faster, play faster. 
um, because boys don't really care that you're a girl. They'll give you their best game. So uh, it helped me tremendously playing with boys at first. Um, And I I did a few years of that and then played tons of club soccer, uh, I think until I was 17 or 18. Um, I graduated high school. So I played all four years of high school uh, on varsity at my at my high school, which was the same high school I went to. So it came first full circle that I ended up playing varsity like my brother did. Um, and then after, uh, like a few days after I graduated high school, I got a text from one of my club coaches and he's like, are you interested in playing semi-pro? Um, because there's a team that are interested. So, uh, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so they were, in, they were in yeah. So they were in St. Petersburg. Um, so I played in St. Pete, um, which we love very much. We are Rowdies fans. And yep, I went to a lot of Rowdies games. I know people who love <laughs> Rowdies. <laughs> it's so fun. It is such a oh. great place. Yeah, they are a lot of fun. Um, and so now my club, the club that I played, the semi-pro team that I played for, they're supposed to be combining with the Rowdies, actually. Like they, they're merging with them. Uh, so pretty soon they'll have like a woman's team. Good. So, Finally. It's exciting. That's, that's like kind of, yeah. So you heard it um, here first. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's supposed to be happening. I don't know. I, that was like a year ago though. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's still in the, in the makes or what's happening with that on that front. I should really honestly ask my friend that's involved. Rumors there, start but, here. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, um, so they were, yeah. So the, they, when I first started, they were just called PC United and then we merged with a Lakeland uh, semi-pro team, men's semi-pro team, the Florida Tropics. So we would train in St. Pete and play in Lakeland. So, um, that's what I did for a few years. And that was a, that was a pretty interesting experience. It was, uh, definitely, um, I had to adjust my game a lot because they played a formation. I wasn't completely used to playing like between college and then club and high school and all that. So, um, it was, it was a good challenge though. Um, and I got to play with a lot of really good players who some are playing pro now and, and things like that. So it was rich in, in that experience as well. Um, so I did, so that first summer, um, after I did my semi-pro season, um, I went off to college and, uh, I know, I know we talk about the soccer where it broke your heart, maybe. Oh, um, yeah. and freshman, yeah, no, my freshman year, uh, it definitely, uh, was, a. One, it wasn't what I was expecting at my first college. Um, and there was definitely some points of where I was like, I'm just not going to do this. Um, because uh, I just didn't have to not really get too into the story. I mean, people close to me know the, know the, the whole spiel, but uh, it just wasn't a great experience uh, from mm-hmm. a program as a whole and just tons of things. So um, I decided to transfer uh, after my first year uh, to go move up to the Pittsburgh area in the fall, the following year for my sophomore year, and it couldn't have been a better fit. And uh, um, I'll say my coach's name, Girish. Uh, he, he's an awesome guy uh, at Westminster College. It's a, a small college outside of Pittsburgh. Um, and when I was when I was looking at schools to transfer to, uh, when, originally when I was being recruited by different schools and all sorts of divisions, uh, um, Girish had reached out to me and he was one of the first people I had to tell no when I decided to commit somewhere else. Um, and then when I became available again, knew I was transferring, he was one of the first people to reach back out. Um, and he was adamant about getting me. And so I took mm-hmm. my visit. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of other great schools I was considering transferring to, but the thing that really sold me on uh, Westminster, was, there's a lot of things. It's a great school. Um, but was the fact that he was so committed to getting me. Uh, it wasn't like, oh, you said no to me one time. That's it. Um, no, it meant a lot to me that he was really, you know, interested in having me back. So uh, that sealed the deal. And um, honestly, he's a guy I contribute a lot of what got me into coaching. Because uh, he, when I got hurt, uh, he was the first person to say, join my staff. You're, he's like, you, you'll be a fantastic coach. You need to be coaching. So, um, and before I had never even given coaching any thought. Uh, <laughs> I just, I knew I wanted to work in sports since my major, my bachelor of science is in sport management. So I just knew ultimately I wanted to work in sports, but I had never given any thought to coaching um, and working alongside him and just kind of getting to see the whole team aspects and doing a lot for the team. I had just, you know, had to stop playing for it just grew my love for it. And that's what I've been doing ever since really. So it's crazy to look back on. Um, but yeah, so I, my junior seasons when this all started, uh, cause I had to stop playing due to a heart condition. Oh so, yeah, no, um, I was in great shape and, um, started failing, uh, I started feeling like there was like an elephant on my chest basically, uh, during preseason and it kind of felt it here and there, uh, during the summer, I, I took the summer off from playing some of my pro even, cause I was like, I'm not a hundred percent to do that. And, contribute what I need to to that team um had to take a step back from that and then went to college preseason still wasn't feeling right and so they decided to send me to a cardiologist and you know I failed the stress test and they were looking at my like muscle mass and just different things like how good of shape I was in they're like there's no way like you could be an Olympian right now and you're failing the stress test that's well we can't really understand that. <laughs> Fortunate that they found it. And um, I think that your soccer love story particularly outlines that even though something isn't going the way that you have planned it to, there's still a lot of different ways that you can love the sport. Sure. Um, and, you know, there is some resilience, even in just being a fan, you need to be resilient. And I think that you definitely are in finding new ways, Katie, like, you have done so much already <laughs> and I feel like you just started like you've played you've coached you're doing the you're directing operations now and especially coming from a situation where the um operations at the, the first college was not ideal and it wasn't a good program for you I'm sure that was a great learning experience and you're able to apply what you wanted to have in yeah. situations now and provide a better experience for the people learning under you, which yeah. is great. Yeah, no, like a lot of people ask me, like, had um I known all that stuff. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's like I'm let my nose run one second. Gus came to visit. I hear. Hi Gus. He had a big tail. Red's still at daycare, so that's why it's so quiet over here. I was going to say, where's Red? <laughs> All right. I'm sorry about that. My nose. Oh, no worries. <laughs> um, no. So basically people, I think a lot of transfers get that question of, would you do it? Like, had you known that was going to happen, would you do it again? And honestly, I look at it from the standpoint of. I wouldn't be here. I think all those mm -hmm. things that happened before have kind of led me on a journey to where I am now. 
Um, and even though it wasn't the greatest of experiences my first year uh, of college and, you know, being a student athlete there, um, it, it taught me a lot. Um, and it also gave me a lot of real life experiences. Um, so I, I look at it from, I try to look at things from a positive standpoint, even uh, if times weren't the finest when I was there, for sure. Yeah, I think you've absolutely done that. Now, uh, there's no turning back from this. Yeah. We <laughs> some rapid fires. All right, perfect. <clears throat> All right. Um, who is someone who hasn't won the Balloon Dior yet and you think should win it? Um, so I, I try to relay things cause I, I watch a lot of women's soccer. So that's like the one, the one aspect that I really follow pretty closely. Um, luckily my favorite player won it, Alexia Pateas. Uh, mm -hmm. she won it recently. So hopefully she, she won it again this year, but, um, I would love to see, uh, the young German player, Lennon Oberdorf, when, uh, I think she would be a fantastic, uh, candidate for that in the future um or Aitana who's a also a Spanish Barcelona player um I think she's a fantastic player uh, who who is probably tremendously underrated um but I can foresee her winning it in the future for sure where do you think the next NWSL team should be located I think we were talking about it a little bit beforehand <laughs> but um, I think Cincinnati would be a great, a great pick for that. Like I said, coming from Florida, I honestly had higher expectations of attendance and things like that for games. I think Miami gets pretty good turnout, which is not surprising given, you know, the demographic there, but, um, you know, Orlando, I've been to Orlando games and barely is anyone's there unless it's just the game I've gone to, but um, since coming to, you know, Cincinnati and going to FCC games and being involved in youth soccer, Everyone here is in, interested in it. Like you said, Ohio is uh, is into soccer. So I feel like Cincinnati would um, be a great pick. Uh, not to be completely biased, but I, I'm honestly, <laughs> just, just a little it, bit of bias. Just a little bias. <laughs> we'll I allow it. <laughs> it to be so. Cincinnati. <laughs> no, we, we would love, we want a team real bad. <laughs> real bad. <laughs> Um, if your soccer crush offered to take you out to dinner, where are you going and what are you ordering? So soccer crush would definitely have to take me back home because home's where the heart is. Um, there's a great authentic, like family run, um, Mexican restaurant in the, in the area I grew up in Florida and, um, it's called Alvarez actually. And so, yeah, it's a small family owned and I would definitely be getting the tacos or taco salad or something, but anything you get there is amazing. Chips and salsa, um, second to none. So, uh, I always take like friends that come to visit me, um, there and they're like, Oh my gosh, I've been missing out. So I'm like, yeah, it's the real deal. So all the rest. That sounds so good. Does sound good. South Florida. Anytime you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm in Florida. <laughs> Uh, what are some of your favorite uh, soccer Twitter accounts and podcasts? Um, I really, on the collegiate side, I really like, I forget his Twitter handle, but Chris Henderson, um, he posts a lot of just, I, I see a lot of NWSL stuff, but he posts a lot about college soccer and like results and that. It's like in, interesting little bits and pieces like that. Um, obviously the Xavier women's soccer account, it's close to my heart. Um, we love <laughs> um, 
and what what was the other half of the question? I'm sorry. Any uh, podcasts, soccer podcasts that you enjoy? So it's funny. I don't listen to a whole like a ton of soccer podcasts. Uh, I used to work uh, do work for one called Football Engine, so I still listen to that. Um, and I also used to do another uh, another podcast called Women's World Football Show. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, I listen to those two really. Um, but when it comes to podcasts, I'm anyone like I love true crime. It's so my friends get on to me about this. They're like, what's wrong with you that you can listen to stuff? And I'll listen to it. And I <laughs> fell asleep listening to a true crime podcast. Yeah, and yeah. that did me in really bad, but it's relaxing. <laughs> what better way to fall asleep at night? <laughs> so <laughs> you wake up in the middle of the podcast and she woke up and she was being stabbed by an intruder. <laughs> yeah, I had my AirPods in and like the, the noise canceling. Yeah. That <laughs> I took a, I took a week off from the true crime after that. who would you trust to take a high stakes pk high stakes pk um didier drugba yeah good choice yeah you would that is no no commentary that's the perfect answer (laughs) um which coach would you like to get a drink of your choice with oh that's that's i would say I would be between two coaches on the women's side and the male side. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Um, uh, on the women's side, I really like Serena Vigman. Um, and I, I see a lot of similarities in how my approach to coaching is compared to hers. Um, so those would be my two. But I, honestly, just above all, Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, okay. Growing up being a United fan. Uh, yeah, he's, he's the guy for sure. Just like to pick his brain a little bit. <laughs> Is there a match that you wish that you could have watched in person? Um, I feel like this might be a common answer, uh, but definitely the the women's Champions League game. I think it was the, it was the second leg of the quarterfinals, I believe, in um, Barcelona, Barca and Real Madrid uh, female um, at Camp Camp Nou. Uh, I had friends that were there. Uh, and I've I followed the league, the Spanish league. It's one of my favorite leagues out there since 2015. I grew up a Barca fan, but then when they had a women's team, obviously I became a fan of theirs. So I've been following them pretty closely since 2015. So um, that game was just amazing. Just the atmosphere, the goals, and I think you know you look at what happened this summer with the Euros and everything. I feel like that really just kickstarted like an amazing turnout for for women's soccer. So uh, definitely that one. That would be at the very top of the list for sure. A tour of uh, a tour of Camp New is on the to do list for my trip next summer to Spain. So <laughs> for sure, definitely do that. If you had the power to change, add, or remove any soccer rule, what would it be? Now I have listened to previous podcasts of yours, and I, I've heard other people say it, but the power play rule. I feel like that would be so much fun. Uh, Cause I do know it happens in indoor soccer from indoor soccer matches I've seen. I feel like, and I'm a big hockey person as well. I feel like that'd be so much fun uh, to add. Right. So I think it would make it a little bit more exciting. Like I'm happy that they did away with, I know on the collegiate side, the golden goal rule um, that you don't have to, if the game is in the draw at the end of regular time, you have to do two halves of golden goal. Um, I feel like that was kind of pointless because even if it ended Nil nil at the end of the two two uh, halves of golden goal. It was still ended in a draw. So I I never really understood the whole purpose of that, especially from a student athlete standpoint of playing all that extra soccer. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a, that's too much. A lot mentally. Yes. And Probably because a man thought of it. 
probably. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> Americans and their dis- dislike of ties. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is one of your favorite defining moments in women's soccer? Ooh, I would say. I would. Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. Um, defining women's soccer, I feel like the '99 World Cup um, was pretty cool. I, I'm I'm a '98 kid, so I don't remember much about that game, but I know um, it's been a long journey to get where we are now in 2022, and there's still lots of ways to go. Um, but I feel like that was just a a pretty cool, pretty cool moment for sure. I think it's very pivotal in um in women's soccer history is that 99 team and um it really kind of blew the door open for where we are now and yeah we still got a long way to go but you know very fortunate (laughs) well if the world doesn't progress and it just ends which three soccer players do you want on your zombie apocalypse team (laughs) Um, from a leadership uh, standpoint, I feel like I'm a pretty good leader, but I'll let someone else also handle this. I can probably be like the entertaining factor because I'm pretty good <laughs> at that. Um, but I would say Philip Lahm, the former Bayern and Germany captain. Um, I have German background, so big on the on the German people and especially Bayern. Um, so, uh, German, so I would definitely say so Philip Lahm because I feel like so underrated, especially as a captain standpoint um I would uh, do Messi without a doubt um and then my third would be oh that's that's tough I We have had people that have picked somebody that they very much uh, don't like because they want to sacrifice them (laughs) or somebody that runs. That did cross my mind, but I would say maybe Michelle Akers. Um, So yeah, I feel like that would be good. (laughs) That's a great answer. (laughs) What is your favorite song to pump you up before a match? Ooh. Or is it a true crime podcast? <laughs> um, no, not a true crime podcast. Uh, pump up song, though. I would say probably like um, Kanye West, like Champion or something like that. Yeah, that's a good. Or Spice Up Your Life by the Spice Girls. <laughs> um, is there a match you wish you could relive? Oh, uh, I would say from 20, 2011, um, Women's World Cup, uh, Brazil, USA, I think it was the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. uh, the 2-2 draw, well, 2-1, and then Abby Wombat scoring at the dead, really, um, and then sending the game to PKs that they ultimately won. They were man down. Um, definitely that game. I think that game was insane. It had everything you wanted in a soccer game, really, so... Yeah, that's an electric match. Yeah, for sure. Is it my turn? It's your turn. I got distracted because it popped up on my phone that uh, USA just scored against Nigeria. Oh, okay. I was like, who scored? 
That's why I should like completely go on do not disturb. <laughs> Who is your favorite person or people to watch soccer with? Um, I wouldn't say there's like a specific person. I mean, I do like to watch it. it you can kind of get both dynamics. You can watch soccer with people that maybe don't understand it and kind of teach them and hopefully like get a new fan. Um, but it's also fun to watch with people that understand it. Uh, so right now I go to a lot of soccer matches with um, parents of like my uh, players for my club team. Cause we're all like very tight knit. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes parents will text me like, Hey, can you take this kid to a game? So that's, that's also fun, especially if they're super into it. I have a lot of kids that are super into the FCC games and all that. Um, so, I mean, in general, it is a lot of fun to watch it with people that understand and really get into it. So you can kind of, you know, talk tactics and talk as if you're calling all the shots. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, that's that's definitely fun. I'm like this on, I guess it was sat- last Saturday, this past Saturday at the FCC game, I sat next to this couple that were very much into American football. So they didn't really understand soccer and stuff like that. So they were asking me, they're like, you look like, you know, soccer. I was like, "Eh, a little bit, but (laughs) (laughs) and so they were asking me different questions about that. They're like, why is the, what, what time does this game start? There's like no end time. I was like, it goes to 90. (laughs) You're right. right. They'll hold up a board. I was like, it's likely going to be four minutes. And then they held up four minutes. I was like, there okay. you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think those are fun too. You should come over in the Bailey sometime because uh, lots of people like to mansplain soccer over there, whether or not you want to hear it. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find some people who think they know about soccer, okay. you come yeah. on over. <laughs> we won't be sitting there next season. <laughs> what do you think is the most iconic goal celebration? Going back to ninety nine World Cup, Brandon Chastain, without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, that one is plastered in the memories of all of us. Even if we didn't know we liked soccer back then. No, I I had a I had a poster growing up that I I forget who got it for me. Um, it was the that picture, but it was autographed by Brandy Chastain. Oh my gosh, that's a great gift. Amazing. Yeah. You still have it. I do still have it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good yeah, one. that's a treasure. <laughs> um, which celebrity soccer club owner would you like to hang out with? Oh, uh, I feel like there's a lot of like just funny celebrities out there now that own these soccer clubs, but I, I would say Will Ferrell maybe. Oh. Be pretty maybe entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he'll let you. What's the what is it that he launches before the game? The Eagle. Or a falcon. Is it a falcon? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Who knew that he liked soccer? He did kicking and screaming, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who is one player that used to be at your club, a uh, club that you support or a club that you've coached that you would bring back in a second? Messi. Yeah, agree. (laughs) Do you have any Cincy restaurant recommendations or would you like any Cincy restaurant (laughs) recommendations? Definitely need the recommendations. I I get tons, but you know, I'm always open. I'm a very open mind, like new ideas to go out when I I do have a spare moment to actually get out between class and all the soccer I do. (laughs) Um, But 
I just went for my birthday this past Sunday um, to Matry. Oh um, yeah, that's that good really, food. I, I really liked the the whole vibe. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, very laid back. Food was great. Service was great. So um, the Eagle is awesome as well. <laughs> that we talked about. Thank you. Thank um, you. I would say those are like my top two right now for sure. Oh, those are good choices. We would like to recommend Gomez. Oh top. yeah, I do like Gomez. Okay. They also have that at the stadium. I don't think they have the full menu. Do they have the full menu, Beth? No. No, not the full menu. There's one in Walnut Hill, so not too far from Xavier. And then okay. there's one down, There's one downtown as yeah. well, like a walk-up window. Very good. Yes. Okay. With the turtle. It's like everything in the taco, like all wrapped up. And then they Ooh. put it on the grill with cheese and... Okay. Speaking of like a crunch wrap supreme, but that's better. <laughs> yeah. It is like a crunch wrap supreme. <laughs> if you could watch any two teams play each other at any stadium, who's playing and where? Ooh. Uh I, I would I keep I keep hating to like repeat the same answers, but I would on the men's side, Real Madrid, uh Barcelona. I don't know if I would do it at Camp Nou or at the Bernabeu. Um, I feel like either one would be pretty interesting. I would say I'll I'll switch it up. I'll say the Bernabeu because that's a, also a historic stadium. Yeah, I do no rules here. You can mm-hmm. say both. They would have to play at both. <laughs> oh, okay. Leg at each stadium. Yeah. <laughs> or you do half at each stadium. Oh yeah, the first half at one stadium, and then oh, everybody yeah. goes and I love it. <laughs> Easily, I'm sure you could easily manage that. You run a direct, you're a director of operations. You yes. Can, yeah. Okay. We have high. Nailed down those logistics. <laughs> oh, oh, that's goodness. a yeah. I hope Nobody is listening to that and is like, you know what? <laughs> what is the best snack for after matches? <laughs> Orange slices. Orange slices. <laughs> it has to be, right? I miss those days. Like, where where are the orange slices? I'm glad that like the Angel Angel City's starting to do that with the I know. their owners bring them there. So orange slices, but yeah, I, like, what, I really want to get like it, bring that to like my club team because you know like where where are the orange slices? Like I would get involved in that. Like I want orange slices. So whenever a friend would like ask me to like join a group sport thing, I would always say, I I will come and support you. I will bring you orange slices. I will not be playing. (laughs) So like everybody wanted to do kickball in Washington park for a while. I'm like, I will come, I will cheer for you. I will bring you orange slices. I will not be participating. (laughs) Most important part. You forget everything else. Orange slices. Necessity. If you could pick anyone to be on a match broadcast team, who would it be? I I, I don't think he's involved in broadcasting or like, I think here and there. there he no, is in this situation. No <laughs> in this situation, yes, definitely. Um, so my favorite player of all time is Bastian Schweinsteiger. Um, so I would love to see him do more commentating. I feel like it would be like, he was just a mind like the, I like this, the, the football football brain. So well, like so connecting with this German national team right now. That's my <laughs> I was gonna say you're really getting Trisha tonight. <laughs> I'm wear my Germany jersey, honestly. Next time I have mine in the closet, just right around the corner. I could I'm ready. Oh, you could have twinned. <laughs> um, this is a very important question. It is our last question for you. Sure. 
Who is your soccer crush? Soccer crush. Uh, I would say, without a doubt, Alexia Pateas. Um, I feel she plays the game in an elegant manner, mm-hmm. so to say. She does the little things right, like little things that you don't probably think too much about. She just does them right. And so right now it's obviously hard that she's not in the game right now. You know, she's recovering from injury. But um, I think just overall her as a personality, what she's been able to do for, you know, there's pioneers all over the place. But, you know, like for modern day, what she's been able to do for women's soccer in Spain and just in general, like, cause you have people over here that know who she is. You have people all over around the world that know who she is by now. Um, so, and she's like the type of person, um, she wasn't always like that big name on the team. Uh, so she's truly like blue collar has had to work for where she's at now and what she's doing now. And she honestly deserves it. So, I mean, anytime I get to watch her, uh, it's amazing. That's, Definitely yeah. without she is definitely crushing it and so crush worthy. That is a great soccer crush to have. Absolutely. And you just totally crushed all of our rapid fires. And thank you for hanging out with us and sharing your soccer love story and entertaining our ridiculousness and talking about women's soccer. And, um, and hopefully we will see you uh next week on the 16th on friday game and we will you know be cheering on the xavier women's soccer team and hopefully they will be doing all the winning and we will be bringing the orange slices and enthusiasm perfect i couldn't ask for more of you guys like i'll have to like yeah i'm the director of ops like i'll give you guys the details but thank you guys so much i enjoyed it and if anybody wants to follow you, you are on Twitter. Uh, anything that you need to plug, feel free now to any come support women's soccer. <laughs> Hashtag well, orange slice supremacy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely come out to the, the Xavier women's soccer games. Um, we got a great team, great staff. Um, we've got players who are getting, you know, national recognition. Um, so definitely come out and support. I mean, just honestly support your local clubs and especially women's clubs uh it's so important that you do that so that is the best plug now i think we have some tactics we need to go talk about and thanks for kicking it with us today crushes thank you to kate from xavier women's soccer for hanging out with us talking soccer with us Uh, be sure to follow her and the xavier women's soccer team Um, and come hang out with us and them on Friday, September 16th. Bring period supplies and we'll give you a soccer crush treasure. It'll be fun. It's also fun to follow us on Twitter and Instagram where we post fun content, polls, crush the week, and more information about book club, hot takes, and sometimes a thirst trap or 12. (laughs) Be sure to rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening to Soccer Crush.